I started cross country in the sixth grade. So when I was 11 years old, one of my first meets, um, well, let me just preface. I lived in Arizona, Uh cross country meets were, they started around three or 4 p.m. And this was August. Oh, hell. So it was dry as hell and hot as hell. Mm -hmm. And we practiced early in the mornings. So we weren't used to the heat. It was just brutal. It was brutal. Yeah, it sounds awful. So I have a particular family member. It may become obvious like who they are, <laughs> but I'm just, I don't want to totally throw them under the bus, so I'm not going to say beep, beep. who it is. <laughs> um, but basically what happened in the race was, so I'm 11 years old. I was leading the race like the whole time, and then I came to a cone. Okay. I didn't know if I was supposed to go to the left or the right of the cone. Okay. I am a rule follower, so I decided to go to the right of the cone, which was the longer path. Apparently that was incorrect. I was supposed to go on the inside of it. Okay. And so in that moment, the 13-year-old eighth grader behind me passed me. Oh, you lost the lead. She she passed me and then I couldn't couldn't catch back up because it was like towards the end and I was so tired and hot. So I thought, I'm 11 years old. Only one eighth grader beat me. I'm really proud of myself. Uh I told this particular individual the uh, outcome of the race. And their response was, God didn't put you on this earth to get second. <laughs> My heart was crushed. That's like... But also, like, now that I'm older, I'm like, God put somebody on earth to right. get second. <laughs> so there were no other Christians running in this race? Right. So that's the, that's the thing. Is it's all about, like, if you're a Christian, you have favor with God. So as long as you're working your butt off and you have the favor of God, you should be winning everything. But that doesn't make any sense. No, it's not logical. Losers make no. the world go round just as much as winners. That sounds like Tell Dig at Nights with the dad who's like, if you're if you're not first, you're last. Exactly. But also, like, think about all the corrupt people who have gotten first or who, like, yeah. are super successful. Like, yeah. it's just, it's not logical. But anyways, that launched a lot of pressure on my running career. I could see which, that. Which we'll get into I later. I could see that. <laughs> so let's define purpose real quick. Yes. Okay. So purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Mm-hmm. So today we are going to be talking about the pressures and perks surrounding the concept of purpose. Yes. It feels good to be back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> First recording in person together in a long time. A long, long time. This is Loud. And Louder. With, with Holly, Holly and Misha. Misha. So picking back up on the cross-country yeah, story. Yeah, we need to get more into this. There was an immense amount of pressure uh-huh. to win all the time. Like at practice, at meets, and I didn't win. Like I was very <laughs> fast, I was very good, but I, I never got first. Is I mean, how many kids are, t- like, I, you know damn well I have nothing, I have no idea about any cross-country shit, <laughs> but how many kids were you typically running against? You're like, three? <laughs> no. I truly don't remember, but I mean, our team alone was big. Like, our team alone was probably... So there like, 50 kids running in a race? And they split them up from girls against boys, and, right. like, the girls on our team alone was, like, 40. Okay. Plus, so if you're you were running against at least against... one team at a time, depending on like if it's a conference. So it could be or... up to a hundred kids running. Yeah, and like I, I always never did stampedes well. Or anything? And I, uh, at conference, we had to start over four <laughs> times <laughs> because people kept falling. It was so stressful. Did you ever push somebody or trip? Hell somebody? no! I am a woman of integrity. <laughs> so, <Oops. laughs> 
so yeah, there was just an immense amount of pressure to like quiet on set, Misha. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> to to perform at a very high level Good. and like when I literally got uh, stomach aches and diarrhea every practice. Ugh. They always had the coaches always had to let me into the locker room because I was such a like nervous wreck. Like they knew I was gonna have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> and they let me in, so I'd have to go early. Like I I was physically that's horrible. Out. So also like this particular person who said uh, God put me on this earth didn't put me yeah. didn't put me on this earth to get second to be a loser. Also put pressure on me to eat in a specific way. Uh, to carb up in a specific way for meats. Um, oh, oh here's a great example of the pressure. I accidentally mixed up mine and my mom's drink at one oh, point I, during cross country I season. Told me this story. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I accidentally took like two sips of her sprite, and I had to confess to this person. Which you didn't. I did confess. to I them. know, but like the fact that you just said I had to confess oh, to this oh, person. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I would have never. I would be like, no, never know. Also, it was two sips, but that just shows like the extreme pressure that. I had to confess that I, I felt I had to confess that I had a carbonated beverage, two sips, during cross country season. And Sprite is like, out of all drinks. <laughs> and like, I get it, like carbonated beverages can dehydrate you and it's not great for athletes, but at the same time, like... As much it, water as you drink too? It's It was not a big deal. Jesus. So anyways, the pressure was high. I hated it. I was physically like ill because of it. And I, but Holly, your purpose in life was to be the best runner. Oh, we're getting to that. <laughs> so it got to the point where, like, I would pray to God some really intense things. Like, um, I would pray that my first idea was that God would break my legs. Did so you that, care how? Did nope, you have any idea? It was going to be worth the pain. I was like, just break my legs so that I don't have to quit, but I don't have to do this anymore. Oh, my God. Because in the beginning, I liked running, but it just became so much about the about being great that I just it wasn't fun anymore Jinx. and then do you, you don't still run that much right now do you <laughs> it took me a long time to get back into it but I oh. do I do in the summers but then the prayers uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't want do, to say them do tell <laughs> I'm like sweating the prayers got more intense and I hate admitting this but like <laughs> I was so stressed out I remember like crying in the bathroom by myself oh. at like I think age 11 or 12 and Jeez, I prayed, I'm so young. Yeah, I prayed that God would. <laughs> oh, I prayed that God would kill this person, <laughs> this person in my life who was putting so much pressure on me. And then, of course, I was like, I don't mean it. I don't mean it. I'm sorry, God. Don't actually do that. Thing. You like hear a gunshot? You're like, no. <laughs> um, but yeah. So. Oh my God. Eventually, I did decide to quit, and you'd think, oh, good call, Holly. No, that was the beginning of a new level of stress. Okay. Because then this person was severely disappointed in me. They said, I was going against God's will. I was going against um, what God wanted me to do because he gave me this gift and I can't waste it. And so this person took me through a 40-day um, reading of The uh-huh. Purpose Driven Life. They Such under- a great book. They underlined and circled and made notes Everything geared towards proving why I needed to go back into cross country or I was sinning against God. That's so weird. It was terrible because every day when I woke up, the first thing I did when I woke up, they were like, all right, let's go into my office. Let's do the devotional. And How I would just feel. How did he to cross country? He or she. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> they. How did they? <laughs> and that just seems so, I mean, I've, so I've, uh, multiple times I've tried to get through, I think, 
I think after just looking, we just looked at my book with notes, and I usually highlight and underline things, and there's none after day six. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, Misha owns this book, and I saw it, and immediately, like, my heart started racing, and I she was like, fainted. I'm not touching that. My hands will be on fire. But, um, but yeah, and, and this just shows, like, you can use, like, the Bible or the purpose-driven life to just kind of, like, push your agenda. Yeah, for good or bad, and it sucks yeah. when it's for bad, because, it, I mean, it's... I don't remember reading and being like, this is some old, but like it just, for me, it kind of like put things in perspective. And like, it might who I be am great. in this greater being around, you know. Right. And obviously we know that this book was huge. I mean, it was on the bestseller list for 90 weeks mm-hmm. and it sold over 50 million copies. And, yeah. I mean, and it's I'm a sure, big, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that positively influenced a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, and then there's others that no longer run cross country because of it. (laughs) But like, this is the perfect example of what we're getting into, that there are perks to having purpose. (coughs) Yep. And there are pressures that become overwhelming. Yeah. (laughs) That we or other people put on ourselves. Yeah. I mean, so when I think of like purpose, it, it definitely is like a positive and negative thing for me. Yeah. I mean... I've all my life I've always had people say like you're gonna do great things like you you just you're gonna do great things Misha you're smart you're you know blah 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 look at you you're gonna do great things I just want to be like what the fuck are these great things I want to do like can you <laughs> tell me things? like thank you I love to hear people talk greatly and highly about me but like what is it gonna be yeah <sighs> sorry no it's I'm totally still, valid I'm still, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> Right, and that's totally fine, as we're going to get into. Yep. So, okay, so first off, since we're talking about it, there's purpose affiliated with faith and religion. Uh-huh. So a more positive religious purpose experience I've had, mm-hmm. um, it happened, I think, when I was a baby, oh, possibly when I, I was know. a toddler, Oh. and then what? when I was 11. So Wait, so these... Okay. So, so there were three... Identical prophecies made over me, prophesied over me. I don't know. Um, Prophesied, I don't know. (laughs) By three different people. I don't think any of them knew me or my family. Like it was always guest pastors or like pastors at a conference. The only one that I was old enough to remember was this guest woman speaker at an all women's conference. Okay. And I remember, like, my sister was by me, and my mom was by me, and they were, like, crying. And it felt like a really spiritual, Wait, they were crying experience. because of your prophecy? Or? Yeah. It oh. felt really... Pro- like, she was preaching about something completely different, and she's like, I'm sorry, I just have to stop for a second. What's your name? And I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to hell. Like, <laughs> God's, God's telling me something bad. I'm getting called out in public. And then she just, like, they, they prof- she prophesied over me. So, basically, all three prophecies, the general gist was that one day, like, when I became an adult... No particular age specified, or that'd be great. Actually, that'd be a lot of pressure. <laughs> the countdown to age 38. Um, but it was saying, they, they all said that I would be in a position of great influence over many people okay. and not in, the, in, not in the ministry. So okay. in my I head, just, I'm like, am I going to be a famous actress after all? What's so crazy is that you didn't tell me that one of these is when you were a freaking baby. So like... yeah. They're like, wow, look at this child. She's destined to entertain. Look at those cheeks. (laughs) That's so Um, cute. And honestly, I forgot about that until recently. And like, I know in our faith episodes, I've talked a lot about, you know, my confusion of like, what's real? What's true? (laughs) You're like, but for this one, I believe. (laughs) But I will say, it's 
a kind of crazy coincidence that that would happen three times yeah. for people who didn't know my family and know how to like sway their prophecy based on what like my family wanted me to do yeah. or my, based on my personality. Like they didn't know me. Right. Um, and in the end, even if it is a load of crap, I think there's more positivity that I find from it, even if it's not true. True. Than if I believe it, than if I choose not to believe it. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay. I'm going to influence the shit out of some people. Yeah. I'm going to be the next Kristen Bell. <laughs> Just kidding. That, see, now I'm putting pressure on myself and stressing me out. It's okay. It's okay. So... Does every choice that you made thus far, like especially after knowing that, is there a right or wrong option? Like I know that you, mm. and we've talked about this before, I think yeah. during maybe our career one or women in the workplace, about your decision on continuing in nursing or going yeah. straight to. Or com- like completing a nursing degree or completing a theater degree right. since I was like halfway between both. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I remember like one of my mentors at the time just gave me this revelation because I was like, which one does God want me to do? Which one is correct? Because in my mind, if I choose wrong, I'm You're sinning. Going I'm I'm outside of God's will, so nothing's gonna go right. Which I still is still so confusing because like if you <sighs> chose something, like doesn't He know what you're gonna choose? It's so it's also so much like what <sighs> we were saying before, like the chicken or the egg, and right. like free will versus like destiny. Who right. knows, man? Right. Who knows? Right. But He kind of said it as like stop thinking of it as like a right or wrong yeah. and just like go, go for something. Yeah. Go for mm-hmm. what you think you'll be good at, what you enjoy, what you really feel drawn to. And if you get there and it's not working out or you're like, uh, this isn't fulfilling me. Yeah. Switch directions. Go back. Right. Like it's not an end all be all. Yeah. So I think instead of thinking like, what's the wrong or right choice, right. it's which choice feels right for me right now. And exactly. The right now is also something because like, I feel like your purpose can be different from when you're this age to that age to that Absolutely. month to that week you know like yeah we're not stuck with just one thing we're supposed to do for this world and for this society which leads us to our next question are we destined to do one thing no i mean i don't think so either no i'm destined to do a lot of things <laughs> and i think it's like you influence people with every interaction you make. Right. So you could be someone who, like, has a very humble job. You don't interact with people. But who knows? When you go to the grocery store or when you, like, pick up your kids, like, maybe the people that you interact with are, like, so positively impacted by I mean, you. I try to be, like, nice and friendly and smiley with most strangers yes. when I'm out. And, like, even the other day I was in line for the post office and this old old black man walks in and it was like a couple days after New Year's and he just walks past this like line of everybody and he's just like Happy New Year everybody and I was like Happy New Year like I love things like yes. that you know like and some people hate things like this some people are never like it. shut the fuck up old <laughs> well they need to check themselves yeah. <laughs> but like I feel like just I try to spread good feelings I wouldn't even yeah. say happiness because I don't think that I have the power to spread happiness sure. to an extent but like to just brighten somebody's day, you know? And, and like, that might know. be my purpose. You never know how much you're impacting someone, too. Mm-hmm. Especially if, like, someone's day is really shitty mm-hmm. and then a stranger makes them laugh. Like, that can go a long way. Yeah. So, no, we're not destined to one thing. And then another question is, are we destined to accomplish big things? I think we just answered that, too. Yeah, and I think perspective is all about what is a big thing. Right. Because, like, to one person, a big thing is, like, owning a software development company. 
Right. And that ain't my big thing. Right. <laughs> for sure. You know. Right. And we can't all be like the leader of a big company. Exactly. Or a famous singer or, or you like know. run an amazing podcast like everyone can't do this you know right. it's not for everyone you know we were called to this this is our destiny <laughs> oh boy so perks of purpose um here's a study stat new study by a team of harvard school of public health researchers finds that if you feel you have a higher sense of purpose in life defined as having meaning mm-hmm. a sense of direction and goals you are more likely to remain healthy and physically strong as you grow older and a longer life expectancy. Yeah, you could literally live longer because you feel like you have a sense of purpose. Yeah, and I mean, I think that that resonates for me because I think there are so many times, I mean, I've definitely Googled, like, how do I find my purpose? I've definitely, like, (laughs) looked for books to help me find my purpose, you know? And, like... I think the older we get, the more reflection you can have with yourself, the more you realize that, like, that's that's such a hard question, number one. There's no easy answer, number two, and it's all within yourself. So, like, an example I think of is, like, if my purpose is to make people laugh, one person may take that as, like, they need to be the top grossing comedian and make as many people as they can possibly laugh, laugh. Right. Another person could take that as being a clown at a kid's birthday party and making a kid's birthday the best that it could be you know right. like there's such a big spectrum of what what your purpose can be so and honestly there are a lot of really depressed famous comedians totally so i thought you were gonna say fam- depressed clowns. Clowns. <laughs> yeah like, i know like 20 <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it just kind of shows that i think a lot of times we gauge purpose based off of like fulfillment almost like, but, but sometimes in the wrong ways, like through success on yeah. paper. And it's not about like... Like a your quantitative high... almost Yeah, thing. it's yeah. not about how much money you make or like the hierarchy of your position in life. Yeah. It really comes down to like your own perspective and like what makes you happy. And I think we talked about this and I don't think we actually added this on our outline, but we talked about this before about someone who lives a very simple life, right? And they are, you know, they have a job that is... They work at a pet store. Pet store, right. <laughs> they love that, you know? And yeah. one person might look at them and be like, oh, feel bad poor for them. guy, he works in the pet store. And they're going to a job miserable while this guy at the pet store is like having a field day every damn day yeah. and loving exactly what they do. Yep. It all depends on your perspective. And yeah. I feel like we've touched on that with so many other episodes. Like yep. knowing yourself, know yourselves. Yeah, we're going to dig deeper into that, too, later on. There's so much good stuff in this episode, so stay tuned. (laughs) Stick around. So there are, of course, the negative sides of purpose. Basically, when there's too much pressure, whether you place that on yourself or others do. Right. The example before, um, the purpose-driven life, Fiasco. Uh-huh. One of the biggest things that was driven home was like, you shouldn't waste your talent. And I think that like there are lots of people who feel that they have to continue doing something because they're good at it. Yeah. But if you don't love it or it's become too stressful, you don't have to keep doing it. Right. And like I think that's especially common with parents and kids with sports. And like music too. Yes, and music. For I mean, sure. my oh, parents. Orchestra. There were some crazy moms. Yeah, I mean, my parents specifically, my mom. I mean, I was in a lot of activities, and my parents were not about quitting. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, like piano, I started three and I did piano through until I went away for college. Like the only thing that, the only thing that let me quit, actually, I probably didn't quit cause I was too young to quit. They pulled me out of ballet at like age three. Cause I pulled, 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 pulled. This is why. <laughs> Plied the wrong way. Like all the three year olds went one way and I went but the like, other. I'm free. like, that had to been cute. Actually, I think there's a video yeah. of it. We got to find it. I would it. love to see you in a tutu and a little. I was adorable. Oh, I'm sure you But were. they were like, you know what? Let's put this kid in sports. So <laughs> I played a lot of sports and oh, the one thing they did let me quit on my own was gymnastics. That was it. I, was I do a- believe like. If you've signed up for a season or something, you should try to like finish the yeah, season. Like, like I don't want to. I don't want to be the mom that's like, well, if you don't like it anymore, no. it's okay because that just that just means you can just quit everything and right. anything. I do think there are good things that can be taught by making someone finish something. Exactly. But to make them like continuously do that and like push them to the point of like physical stress, right? That's too far. Or just like <laughs> pushing to the point where they hate. The activity. Yeah, exactly. That's what like, happened. Because you probably liked running. I did. Until it went too far, and then I wanted to break my legs. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm surprised <laughs> from the would you rather that I didn't pick the, the one where you I think your you, legs. I think you did. No, because you said you would rock your wheelchair, oh, yeah. and I said I would rock the blind, um, the the blind eye dog. dog. Yeah. yeah, The blind eye dog? <laughs> I don't know the face. <laughs> yeah. I just pictured a blind dog helping you. <laughs> the blind Blindly leading the, the blind. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, I mean, but yeah, I think um, th- there's there's a difference between like encouraging someone and teaching them to follow through yeah. with like putting too much pressure and even with academics. Yeah. I, I remember one of my friends in high school, like we went to a really good high school each class was at least like 600, 650 people. And her mom and dad like expected her to be valedictorian. Mm-hmm. And she was just a stress ball all the time and, like, yeah. and went to law school. And I don't really think that that's what she wanted to do, but it was just expected of her. Yeah, I mean, my parents definitely pushed us to be the best we could be. Um, they that's a push. better way to approach it. Yeah, though. yeah. <laughs> Rather I mean, than just the best period. Right, no, but it's like, oh, okay, it's like we should do better. Okay, you've done better? Okay. Do more better? (laughs) Um, So did you feel like, like, did that impact you in a way where you felt like you were constantly trying to live up to expectations or impress them? No. I don't know. I probably, I mean, I probably in high school, but it was more of like me bradily thinking like, why do they care so much? Like this parent's. This kid's parent doesn't put this much pressure on her getting A's and B's. Why do I have to? You know, mm. like, but it's like, we couldn't bring in, like, C's were not okay. And even, like, if I had more B's than A's on my report card, that wasn't cool either. Like, damn, they wanted us to have some good grades. And I appreciate that. Like, I was in honors classes. So, like, I get nice. that. And I feel like I was a smart kid. So, I think also the pressure of like pushing out great work wasn't as hard for me sometimes. So it's more getting you to like live out your full potential mm-hmm. rather than just slide by. Yes. Okay, because I will say like, okay, question. So let's say you were one of those people, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. Where like school is not your thing, it does not come easily. You study hard, and it's just you're not a good test taker. You're not yeah. good at writing papers, like. Your best really is like B's and C's. Yeah. My parents would have been fine with it. Okay. I don't think that they, I think that they, I mean, that's kind of cruel to push a kid 
That's yeah. dumb. <laughs> okay, maybe not dumb. Not but like, academic. Let's yeah, say that. just mentally dumb. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's nothing wrong with bees and seeds. That's just the best. You can. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like yeah, just like if my parents, you know, I was a very social kid. If I was a kid that probably wasn't as social and was at home all the time, and like they probably were like, why aren't you getting straight A's? You know, mm-hmm. like I think that. They based it, like, I was a great test taker. Monty wasn't as great as a test taker. Mm -hmm. So, for me, things came easier where I was able to excel in certain areas that Monty wasn't. But then, on the flip side, like, Monty is one of the hardest working people I know. So, like, did I get get the shorter stick? Possibly. (laughs) Possibly. No, we've got different sticks. Oh, yeah. Well, we definitely have different sticks. (laughs) What does that mean? Oh, no. Genital thing? (laughs) <laughs> you took it there, actually. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, I think that my parents were not ones that were, um, fuck, what's the word? They, like they. overbearing? Uh, no, I don't think they were overbearing, but they were realistic with goals for us. I don't think they I set like goals that were something that they really thought we couldn't hit. And it, and it But we also feel... had to work hard for things. Absolutely, but, yeah. You know, I don't think that like you, your example, if I was a C student, then I think that they would have as long as they're seeing that I'm doing the best that I can do. Right. I don't think they would have had a problem Putting with in the it. Effort. I mean, they might have like talked shit about me in the bed every night like this dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just because that's No, they are. if anything it was probably the smart ass kid is like socializing too oh, much. Oh yeah, no I'm saying if I was the opposite. <laughs> oh, they, I, see, I see. They'd be like, "Yeah, babe, you did your best." And they close the door and they're like, "God, damn it." <laughs> it's <laughs> funny because I didn't I've never really thought about this till now. I mean, also cuz I don't have children yet. But I think it's really important to individualize your expectations. Totally. And not in a way where it's like, sorry, Tommy, but like, don't reach for the stars. Right. You can't reach them. (laughs) Not in that way, but just like encouraging them to find what they're good at, where it's like, you don't need to get a bachelor's degree. Yeah. Or you don't need to be just like your older sibling. Yes, but you need to find something that you enjoy to work hard at. Yeah. And I think also, like, the older I get, the more I'm like, if I have a kid where. They want to do something more technical than like collegial. Is that the right word? Like collegiate. Collegiate. I don't know. Shit. I just got my MBA. <laughs> um, but you know, I think, I think it's becoming more and more of a like idea to not go straight into four year university. Yeah. Like to figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. To not waste money on a kid that's not gonna excel. Like I think right. that there's something to it where. There's this, like, especially in middle class and upper middle class, where it's, like, you are expected to do this, and then once you do that, then you do this, and then once you do that, you do this. Yeah, and it doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't work like that. And I think, yeah, molding your uh, ideal life for your children should be, like, an individual thing. I agree. And I think um, I am becoming more and more open to, like, I mean, if not, okay, I got to be careful what I say. Not, not that, okay, all right, I'll think out loud. Say it. Not that, like, everyone in the military just did that because that was their last result, but, like, there are some people where, like, they need the discipline of going into the military for four years to figure out who they are and how to get their shit together. Totally. There's some people who, like, cannot get a job, 
cannot like go to school. They don't do anything. And I really think that there are certain like big life moves like the military that are good for them. Mm -hmm. Or if you hate sitting in class and like you hate academics, but you love working with your hands. I am such a big proponent of like trade school exactly. and learning like welders. I know exactly. I talked about this yep. welders, um, people who like know very specific types of construction. Mm-hmm. Like you can make a lot of a money, lot of money and then you get to like be outside or you get to work with your hands exactly. and do things that you actually enjoy. Everybody still pay your bills is individualized <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So here's a couple of tips. Like, cause I feel like we just really got into like, our parents and how we would parent. Yeah. So a couple of tips to do with your kids. That we got from experts, by the mm-hmm. way. <laughs> we yeah. Did, we didn't just We're like, this, this is what you should do with your children, with our non-children having asses. Right. But no, this is from a study. And what number one is to encourage your child to do their best. Focus on the process rather than oh, the end result. I love that. Yes. Literally, when we've looked this up, I remember... The person referenced before, like even when I finally admitted, like I'm really stressed. I don't like cross country anymore. I feel like there's way too much pressure. The response I was, I said, it's not fun anymore, and they said, but what's more fun than winning? Jesus. So that's very <laughs> results focused. <laughs> not you healthy. You literally said it's not fun anymore. So what? Am I lying and about what like, fun is? Who to cares? Me? Right. <laughs> Keep, Keep going. Doing it. Keep yeah. running. <laughs> Um, the second one is, if you find yourself placing too much pressure on your child, ask yourself why their performance, test mm. score, or success matters to you. Yes. Because I feel like a lot of people try to push their agenda They're on projecting. their kids that they didn't do. Yeah. And like, so maybe sorry were... that you didn't, like, push yourself, yeah. but don't or force it didn't work kids. for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And third is, talk to your child about the sport slash assignment slash performance they are working on. Set aside your feelings to make room for your child to express theirs. Giving your child the space to be seen and heard will encourage them rather than make them feel they have disappointed you. That's huge. Because, yeah. I, I mean, especially with my personality, yeah. my you biggest fear is disappointing. People. Um, Yeah, like parents, God, even siblings. Like, I, yeah, people. Yeah. Because I was about to say Anyone. me sometimes. <laughs> yeah. My, my cat Fievel. <laughs> Literally. Oh <my> God. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I think those three points seem so simple. And like, honestly, if you're listening and you have kids and you're like, oh shit, am I like really laying down the hammer too hard on my kids? Just reevaluate these three things, yeah. please. Like, and don't sake, feel bad because I yeah, feel like it is, it is like the person who did that to you, it was because that person was trying to push you to be the best you could they re- be. Right? And they really felt they, didn't, they, they were doing the right they thing. They weren't like trying to like punish you you know they weren't trying to torture you they i don't think (laughs) not intentionally (laughs) yeah yeah um so let's talk about the pressure from society on finding purpose and i think a good way to jump in on that is the movie soul that just came out loved it It was so good if you guys haven't seen it yet it's on disney Mm plus it's a pixar movie with jamie fox and tina fey and it's just a really great I wouldn't even call it feel good because it's there's some tough parts in yeah. that movie, but it's really about purpose and finding. Like it's hard to explain, honestly. It is. I if I try to simplify it, I think it's more about like finding joy and happiness, especially in the little things, rather, rather than, than thinking striving like, for that one purpose goal. Right, and like not having happiness based on success or outcomes. Mm-hmm but just based on like observing the beauty around you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely, I strongly recommend you guys to watch it if you haven't already. Yeah, it was great. Because I, mean, I think in general, and I know this, we said Americans, but I think a lot of Americans, Europeans, a lot of people overwork themselves yeah. and push so hard to get to this obtainable goal. And once they hit it, they're like, oh, I still feel the same way. Right. Like, I mean, I, I just wrote down American specifically because I feel like, I like sometimes when I meet people from other countries asking them like to be brutally honest about what they think or thought about Americans and like what the oh, stereotypes that's a nice in their thing country that, that's are. That's a nice thing to say is that we overwork ourselves. I'm sure they say a lot worse than <laughs> well, that. <laughs> well, it was presented um, to me like someone said, you're way too competitive. Mm. And I was like, huh. We always value competitiveness yeah. and we treat it like a good thing. And if you're not competitive... Like I don't know. I'm up. watching Bridgerton right now. Those bitches are competitive. <laughs> find a husband, but yeah, I, I get that. And I think like that. I, I think we're really it extreme. Can, it can't. It can be good and like and in sports like that makes sense. But yeah, when you're just driving yourself to unhealthy places or to places that are just not like realistic, yeah, it, it's it's just not. I don't know. It's just not necessary. It, and again, you shouldn't be basing your worth off of achievements. And like results, I don't know how to explain that. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, um, <laughs> social media is a big example of that. You know, yeah. like people's stories and what they put out there, it can be portraying them, but there's also so much more yeah. that you're not seeing. So when you see this person that has this perfect relationship and this perfect job and all this stuff, like number one, it could be complete bullshit. Sorry. Or number two, that person is not you. So like, mm-hmm. don't compare yourself. Like, and they could still be miserable. Exactly. Even if they are successful. Exactly. Like when I, sometimes I watch some people and I'm like, how were they on another trip? How <laughs> are they always on a beach somewhere? Like even pre COVID, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, do I have the wrong credit card for points? Like, I don't understand <laughs> what's happening. How is this bitch always on a white sand beach? But, like, who knows? That might have been a green screen. <laughs> <laughs> or even if it was a beach. Like, you just, you never know. Yeah, they might have been there by themselves every and time. We, yeah, and we can all be happy in our individual, like, paths. Yeah. I know I'm just, I feel like I'm saying a lot of cliche things, but I really believe it. Yeah. I do too. And some of this has come up in previous episodes too. Yeah. Like, I, I find myself... Repeating myself in some ways, but it's also because I need to say it over and over before I start like believing it and changing my perspective. <laughs> you're really just pushing yourself to believe what you're saying. Is that what you're saying? Yes, until it just becomes like a natural way of thinking. Yeah. But yeah, social media is really tough. It is. And like even the influencers, I'm like, I don't want to be an influencer. I don't want that life. But there are moments where I'm like, how do you have that many people who just love you enough to like follow you where you have so many followers that like your whole income is no, like ads and no, stuff. No, seriously, that's a real question, guys. How do you do that <laughs> so that we can do that with our Instagram? <laughs> but on the other hand, like if you become really big, you're also getting like horrible messages. Yeah. Like no matter how great of a person you are, you will always receive hateful things. I'm not going to lie. When we get our first troll message, I'm going to kind of be excited. Actually. You're going to be great at responding. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'll so be excited. taking like, it so personally. I've been waiting for this my whole life. <laughs> and yeah, yes, I, no, I'm ready. I, I get 
I get to come at me, I take bro. things too personally and I get too affected by it, I think. Yeah. In social media in general, which is why I have set my timers. I didn't know this was a thing. And then I listened to the Dished podcast uh-huh. and that's where I discovered you can set timers where like after... The dish po- oh, the Dietitian's Dish? Yes. Which yeah. is a great podcast, It's a great guys. podcast, guys. Check um, it out. Shout out to our friends. Gina and Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, I, I said it where I can't be on social media total for more than 35 minutes a day, which has been tough. <laughs> yeah, that's because but, we haven't been doing anything on social media, maybe. Well, the days that we did were I had to expand the limit. 35 minutes? That but would be hard. I just realized, like, I get you. so stressed or, like, I just, I waste so much time. That's also because you have some shit on your news yeah, feed that I, shit. yeah, I don't see that shit, so. Oh, I'm trying to cut out the crazies, but they, they just you can't get need, rid of them. And you kind of need some crazies in there, so you can either check them or just keep, That's why keep in your mind that you gotta forth. remember that these crazies are out there. Oh, you don't want a fake life, you know. I I already know they're out there. So yeah, yeah, fucking crazy. Under pressure, <laughs> pushing down on me. Ding 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 ding. If you haven't heard about it, there is a thing called purpose anxiety. I mean, makes total sense that there's a thing called purpose anxiety, right? <laughs> So researcher Larissa Rainey defines purpose anxiety as the negative emotions experienced in direct relation to the search for purpose. So you can experience these at two different stages, either while struggling to actually uncover what your purpose might be or while attempting to enact or live your purpose. And not surprisingly, 91% of participants that were surveyed reported experiencing purpose anxiety at some point in their life. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. I mean, there's been... It's like life's How many question. times have I literally cried? What am I doing? What am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> and then, yeah. So five signs you might have purpose anxiety. Yep. And don't worry, we'll get to the yeah. positive we'll way of how to overcome. Yes. <laughs> but five signs to first know that you are experiencing it. One, constantly switching jobs or companies. That can be a sign. And I would say even jobs slash companies slash industries, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, two, feeling that you're not good enough or like you're a failure. Yeah. Three, negative comparisons. So like instead of reflecting inwards on what purpose means to me, I'm finding myself comparing myself to others and always feeling like I'm coming up short. Oh, holy. That was just an example. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm crushing the life right now. Just yes. kidding. <laughs> um, number four, worrying that You'll never find your one true purpose, like we were saying before. Yeah. Um, and five, the inability to acknowledge when you actually have accomplished something. Yeah. Okay. So, what do we do with this? Well, Rani argues that the benefits of finding purpose hugely outweighs the experience of purpose anxiety. So, how are we going to switch our purpose mindset, you ask? Tell me. I will <laughs> tell you. First... Purpose comes from self-knowledge. I don't know how many times we've fucking said this. Right. <laughs> Y'all, know yourselves. Figure yourselves out. Know who you are deep inside. Because that, to be self-knowledgeable, that's not what sure. I said, but sure. <laughs> it just helps with so much, even outside of purpose. It just helps yeah. with just loving yourself. Just start with like when you feel most confident, when you feel most happy. Mm-hmm. And then go to when you feel most 
Sad and anxious. Wow, we just like switched. Whoa. Happy and sad. Hi, Holly. Hi, This Misha. is what it looks like from the outside in. <laughs> um, I'm black, though, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two. Purpose needs to be created, not found. That is powerful. Yes. Say it again, Misha. Purpose needs to be created, not found. That is so freeing. Mm-hmm. And let's go even deeper with that. Developmental psychologist William Damon advised, we need to stop seeing purpose as something we innately have just, are just waiting to be discovered. Wait. Shit. Wait. Have that's just waiting, waiting to be, to be discovered. discovered. <laughs> Instead, we should see it as a goal towards which we are always working on. I love that. Yeah. It's not like a, we're not going to have like this purpose epiphany. I mean, you might, you might. And like, kudos to you if you do, but like, you might not. You might right. just like continuously be working towards that. I feel like that takes the pressure off of you. Because mm-hmm. again, it's not like, did I make the right choices in life? Did right. I take the right career path? Mm-hmm. It's not It's not black and white. Exactly. Unless you're talking about us. And then <laughs> it is black and white. Sorry. Um, and then the third we have is purpose grows from our own personal experiences and challenges. Mm. So purpose sounds big, right? Like ending world hunger or eliminating nuclear weapons big. But yeah. it doesn't have to be. Like, you can also find purpose in being a good parent to your children, creating a more cheerful environment at your office, which we totally both did, or <laughs> making someone's life more pleasant. And that's a quote by Emily Esfani uh, Smith, who is a researcher and editor for Stanford. Um, but really, in our success-oriented societies, it often feels like we're on a tight schedule for when we should reach certain my- milestones. And we all know, I think we've touched on this before, there's no such thing as everyone having the same timeline like right. you're on your own timeline it's your time to be able to discover what you want to do what you want to do with what you've learned in your life and yeah even, it's the same with purpose even in your personal life like like so many people are like who am i meant to be with yeah. like where is my person like how do i find them yeah. like that's a form of destiny as well and like i'll use myself as an example i got married when i was 23 and aaron yeah. was 22 and that works great for us and I'm so happy and I don't I feel like that was perfect timing for us. So many people who get married at that age mm-hmm. get divorced. Mm-hmm. So like if you don't compare yourself don't, to Holly yeah. and Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> don't compare yourself and don't like put pressure on like, oh well, I want kids by this age. Oh, so I have to just like hurry that. up. I had that. It was like Engaged by 19, 20, 21, right. married oh by 22, 23, first kid by 25, and if I'm having three, all of them before 30. Yeah. Meanwhile. <laughs> right. Like, when I was a kid, especially, and I'm like, why was I planning my adulthood as a child? Exactly. Like, that's so weird. Exactly. Um, And also, I'm so glad I didn't follow that, because by now, I would have triplet girls and twin boys, Ew, and wait. that would be a terrible life. Two sets of triplets? No. I wanted triplet girls and twin boys. Oh, my God. And now that I'm an adult and not a child, I realize how hard it is to have children. Do you remember? As a kid, I just thought like babies and kids were so fun because I didn't see. Why? Why multiples on both rooms? I just thought it'd be so cool. I don't know. I mean, I don't want that at all now. Like if it happens, maybe that's your purpose. (laughs) (laughs) You see me in the tabloids in five years. All right, so if you guys saw our post from earlier this week, we do have some things to celebrate. Yeah. Um, number one, Holly got signed by an agent. Woo! 
And And Misha finished her MBA. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) Feels so good. So just talking about like purpose. Yes. And like why you do what you do and what your plan is, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What made you want to get your MBA? Like why did you do it? Um... I got it I got it because I wanted to do something just for me. I've I honestly I was looking for my purpose, really. And I was trying to I felt like this was something that could help me work within myself to figure out what I like and what I don't like within the business world. Um, my dad had passed that same year that I started and he really wanted me to do that. So I kinda was like, Well shit, I should have done it when he was here so he could see me accomplish it. So there are a lot of multiple things. I didn't do it. For the normal of all right, undergrad's done. Now it's MBA, you know, because I I mm-hmm. have like a twelve year gap between when I got my undergrad and when I finally finished with my MBA. Right. But yeah, I think it was more just a project for me and mm-hmm. something to accomplish. Yeah. What about you? How do you feel now that you have an agent? Oh God, Miss I feel weight off my shoulders. I've been working on getting an agent for years. Yeah. Um, just for people who might be confused, basically, you need an agent who represents you to get anywhere in your career as an actor. Yeah. Because they're the ones get, getting you into the auditions for TV commercial mm-hmm. film. Um, and so it's basically like the window of opportunity has been opened. Yes. But I love that like you didn't do your MBA being like, here's my 10-year plan. Right. Here's my end goal. It has to go this way and this way and this Absolutely way. Not. You were just like, I don't know, but this feels right for right now. Yeah. And I'm going to do it and I'm going to finish it. And here we are. Yep. And same thing for me. It's not like, okay, now I have my agent, but I got to like get to the point where I'm rich and famous and like on the big screen. Like, I mean, I would love to have a rich... Not, I would like to have a rich career in the sense of like fulfilling, like yeah. creatively fulfilling. Totally. But like, I love that we're not defining ourselves by being like super successful hot shots. Like we don't know where we're no. gonna be in ten years. No, no. And that's if anybody okay. has a gig for me, <laughs> anybody hiring that will pay me for what I'm worth, let me know. <laughs> DM me. Yeah. So basically, like to simplify all of this, I think we really agree that it's yeah. all about perspective yep. and like our purpose could just be spreading cheer and joy to everyone we meet yeah. by being friendly yeah, and like enjoy the journey. Exactly. Um, one last quick thing I was going to say, Tony Hale played Buster on Arrested Development. Hilarious. Oh, he's also in Veep. I just love him. He's, he's such so a lovable loser. Yeah. And he actually spoke at a church I used to go to because he is a Christian. I think he's like a very like liberal um, Christian, which I identify with, mm-hmm. but um, he talked about he was he was so obsessed with the next big thing and right. achieving the next big thing. And like for some people it's like they just live from vacation to vacation, but uh-huh. they don't find any happiness in their day-to-day life. Yeah. Or like even when you're at work and you're just always talking about wanna oh, I just want to I just want to get to Friday. Or that too, yeah. Or or yeah, like or I I'm not happy with where I'm at. I got to get the next promotion. You get the next promotion. It's like, this no, isn't I need good to do enough. This. Yeah. yeah. And he realized like I'm never going to be happy with this mindset because like he's booked big TV shows what do you do after that like what is the next big thing right and so he just had this moment where he was watching his daughter play and he was like wow she's growing up so fast and like this is something I want to enjoy every moment of and every day I don't want to skip ahead to the next big thing I want to enjoy the little things and like not put my happiness 
or we could say purpose right in all those one milestones yep it's it's about all the in-between moments too i love that sweet Oh, I feel like I was talking so fast. <laughs> well, that was a that's a wrap for this episode. Yeah. Um, it felt good. It feels good to be back, back with it the does. mic. And I know we just like spewed a lot of deep shit at you. So if you want to process with us, like feel free to message us. We totally. love we love hearing about your reactions to our episodes. Yes. So hit us up. Yeah, we are on Instagram. Facebook and TikTok at Loud and Louder Podcast. Also, we have an email, Loud and Louder, all spelled out for and podcast at gmail.com. Make mm-hmm. sure you like and review us on Apple Podcasts. I always mess it up. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Um, but yeah, guys, Happy New Year. And that's it. Have a beautiful day. Yes. This is Loud and Louder with, with Holly, Holly and Misha. Misha.